0: Hello and welcome to episode 219 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is October 5th, 2020. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is my co-host, Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 219. Be sure to check out libertymugs.com there where you can uh, serve all of your mug needs. For uh, drinking whatever you drink, it can hold all liquids, most solids, and uh, gases will probably uh, also find their way into it. So maybe plasma too. Get it, getting all the uh, all the elements. Uh, you can also find ways to check out our guest, who Slappy's going to introduce to us right now.
1: Yeah, we got a Bitcoin guest today, Max Sikorsky. He's our intergalactic ambassador. He's the founder of. Eden 3D Printing. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Maxwell Sikorsky. That's S-I-K-O-R-S-K-I. And he's going to talk to us today a little bit about Bitcoin and 3D printing. Welcome on to the Rollo and Slappy Show, Max.
0: Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to cut you off, Slappy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go, please.
0: Uh, I think I mentioned this in a few episodes ago, but uh, I guess it was it was in the middle of September um, went down to Texas to uh, the Guns and Bitcoin conference, and there, outside with a booth, I noticed someone, of course, with a a three D printer out there, and started talking to him. And then it will be a Max, and we kind of hit it off. And what he was doing, I mean, we've we all know what three D printers are just about, and you know, a lot of the gun community is really in love with them because it really it really brings down the barriers of gun production so that basically anyone can build their own gun and, and do it without anyone knowing it. It's, it's you know just an incredible advancement. But Max had something a little bit different that really caught my eye. So Max, why don't you tell us what makes the uh, your printers different than what I assume is anything else?
2: Yeah, it is uh, definitely um, within the same ballpark for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it is a 3D printer, but really, what uh, my goal was with um, uh, Eden was a all-in-one device to basically manifest your thought into a physical thing um, within one, you know, volumetric space. Um, so it, it's taken me a long time to kind of really work that out and and really figure figure out what i'm actually attempting to build so it's very similar um, almost identical to um, uh, a four-dimensional cube so a tesseract where it's a cube inside of a cube Um, and basically um, it's a for for the eden one it's a 3d printer inside of a full desktop computer Um, and the benefit that i found for myself um, with Uh, with using the Eden instead of uh, a traditional FDM printer uh, was I could design it right on the device and uh, send that design right to the printer and start printing. I don't have to go from different devices from my laptop to, um, you know, the the printer halfway across the room. um, And I can make edits on uh, on the device live while uh, while it's printing. Um, So I've definitely rolled back how far I was working, uh, out from my past failures. Um, but that's, that's pretty much where, where I'm at. So it's, it's, it's more so akin. It, it's so funny too. Cause it's kind of like, it's kind of like creating an entire new space, but it's, it's more like a, it's more like a multi-dimensional computer where you can basically reach through and inside of the screen and grab out what you want. Um, whether that be a child's toy or uh, a gun um, it, it all goes back down to the intention of whatever you're uh, manifesting so um, yeah it's basically again it's a it's a it's a cube a full dimensional uh, computer with a 3d printer on the inside
0: <laughs> yeah and uh, I think you mentioned at the uh, the one you had at the conference that you were running BTC pay server too.
2: Yes, it does run a full node. Um, uh, we have BTC Pay server on it. I was running um, C-Lightning on that one as well, um, but with BTC Pay, we're running l on there. Um, so eventually down the road, um, and we, we can kind of get into this later if you want, but um, the whole purpose of the single machine is to be able to create and therefore share those designs Um, without ever touching a payment processor, hence why we use BTC pay server. If somebody wants to actually purchase a design or you never end up touching the traditional internet. So, uh, probably, probably not on this, uh, iteration, but maybe on the second or third, um, we will be, uh, putting in, uh, mesh networking capabilities. Um, and then those who do have a ham, uh, Ham radio um, operators license. You could also, um, you know, send those designs via um, radio signals, which is really, really mind blowing, um, and all using the rails of uh, Bitcoin and Lightning.
0: Wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that's kind of where it was going, but that's <laughs> that's a whole new uh, level of censorship resistance. So, can you talk a, a little bit about like what got you to this point? Like where you mentioned past failures, like what was the, did you stay at, was this like the idea that you had set out with That I'm going to, maybe not exactly what it looks like now, but this, this general idea or did you have to iterate a little bit and kind of find your way through a winding path?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, it's always constant iteration, um, specifically about what your, what your end goal is. And I really didn't know what my end goal was with that. So, um, I, I knew I, I wanted a machine that in one single unit, I, I could again, the simplest way I can put it is to manifest a thought into a thing. Um, so I originally started out um, with a resin uh, printer, building it from scratch, and I ended up failing pretty spectacularly because I found as the size increased with the liquid resin in the vat, where the print bed would pull that liquid out of we were reaching like several tons worth of pressure in this tiny little machine it just it just was too much so i i definitely had to step it back even farther um and go back to a fdm uh style machine um but even before that too um oh man i can i could go down a whole list of uh failures uh for you we you, you probably uh you probably um uh, agree as well. Uh, you, pro- you, you probably more so remember your failures more than your success yeah. than anything else. Um, but I've been, uh, I went to, um, uh, trade school for high school. Um, and that was, um, for welding. Um, so I found the connection between welding and 3d printing. Um, oh, yeah. so just almost identical, the same spool, nozzle, all that, um, all that good stuff. Um, but I never really, I always knew I was going to do something. Um, I was, I've always been a loner or a, a quiet kid. Uh, so I always knew, um, I was going to do something, um, quite out of the box per se. Um, and it just took, you know, it, it took, uh, how, you know, 20 some years, uh, to figure that out. And thus the past five years to really, um, focus in on, uh, what, what my end goal is for what people, uh, can actually use. If, you know, if I, if I'm building it for myself, I'm, I'm sure somebody else would benefit you know, from that. So there's a lot of, a lot of iteration uh, process.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, I think it's definitely a good thing to just kind of solve your own problems. Uh, because, you know as, as unique as we might think we are <laughs> a lot of people around the world uh, end up having the same problem so if you can make your life a little bit better I'm sure uh, people people will latch on to that. Where do you uh, what do you where do you want to take this like what, what other things are out there? I know you mentioned a little bit about it but um, I mean the idea of being able to just kind of do this all in one, is so, pretty fantastic. I was going to even say, let's back it up for people
1: like me. Like, I don't own a 3D printer, I don't know how they work. Um, I, as if I had to guess, I would bet uh, pretty much every it's going to be like microwaves, everyone's going to have one except for Rollo in about 10 years. <laughs> but, well, uh, um, I do have
0: a 3D printer, let's just say, <laughs> yeah, I have it, it's not set up yet, but I do have a 3D printer. Let's well, I, do I, I, not have a microwave though,
1: yeah, no, so let's like. Like if you if you don't mind dumbing it down for someone like me and just explain like a typical three D printer and how it would work like if I wanted to if I bought one and wanted to design something like you're saying you can do it all in one shop on your desktop with the printer right there you don't have to go how does it typically work um, if you don't mind explaining that
2: yeah th- yeah that's a perfect segue um, for for the uh, problems that I personally faced for building my my own solution so your main um, your main machine, um, it's, again, it's very similar to, uh, MIG welding. Um, and you have a gun and, uh, you know, a, a filament or, you know, a wire comes out from a nozzle end, um, it, and it just moves in X, Y, and, uh, Z coordinates. Mm-hmm. Um, so you so if you go and buy, you could buy a, um, a good starting printer as a ender, uh, by Creality, or I, I can never pronounce that name, Cre- creately or something like that. I can never pronounce it, um, but it's a it's like a two hundred dollar machine, and you're just going to get the uh, raw components. Um, okay, you, you'll just get uh, just a regular printer, what you kind of you, you would envision, um, and pull a uh, file from um, whatever three D printing website for design okay. you want to find um and download the stl file uh put it into a slicing software probably the most popular one everybody forks off of is uh Cura, which is a perusa um creation they're about the best um uh, machines uh out right now um so you kind of have three components in three different steps so you have your printer and that's like 200 bucks now you go back to your desktop computer or your laptop or what have you, um, and you would download a slicing software. Normally, a printer actually comes with a slicing software. Okay. Um, and what that does is take your 3D model and hence the name slice, slices that object into however many layers it's right. going to take to actually print. So all a printer actually does is just make an XY path
1: just all these layers on top one on the one on top of the next to make your
2: 3d object exactly so once you've made that path now you just move up one layer right you repeat and then you just keep going up and up and up uh, and so from there um you would have you would have your first print uh you would assemble um your your printer most come already assembled uh maybe a couple of screws here and there that you'd you'd, uh, you'd put bed on and uh, maybe tighten up uh, where the nozzle is actually at. Plug it in. Um, make sure you level your bed. And in the SD card slot, you would insert whatever CAD file design that you got from uh, a, a popular website. Is Thingiverse? There's like two million uh, CAD files on there that people print from coffee mugs to clips to uh, you know, holders, what have you, and um, Set set your uh, settings inside of uh, the slicing software, and start printing. So so really, the three main steps are: on your desktop, go and find a design. I'm not I'm not even getting to the step for you to actually create a design. Those people th- those those people are artists, right. right? You know they're they're truly artists for for creating CAD CAD designs, very similar to video game designers. So your, your real th- main three steps are find a design, download that STL file, and put it into your slicing software. And from your slicing software, that's how the um, design talks to your printer. And you would make your settings, whatever you want your temperature to be, your bed uh, temperature, um, how fast you want it to go, what type of material, material you're using. Uh, once you have all the parameters set, save it as a file that can be read by the printer. Some can read STL, some read, well, everything actually reads G-code, but I don't, I don't need to get too technical. Um, once you have those settings saved, save it in the design, send that design over to the printer and hit print and watch your design uh, come to life. So that's, that's pretty much the, the workflow and most of it and everything is free. The, the slicing software is free 99 uh, percent of designs are going to be free unless you find you know some extremely detailed and complicated um cad files that people have spent you know i, I know people that spend hundreds of hours um, hmm. drawing you know some monstrosity castle for, for like a dungeons and dragons kind of yeah i know, could see you that know, you know so, so that's where uh you know you would like to be compensated for your work if you so chose but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the the basic workflow as of right now, which is pretty pretty um, pretty simple. But um, what I think the biggest area people find as a frustration is once you do get the printer running, it does take maintenance, and thus now you go into you know constantly leveling your bed, you know greasing up your and um uh, linear rods and screw rods um you know cleaning out your hot end okay if you get you know some filament uh, mm-hmm. stuck in your you know uh you know nozzle right there now you got to clean it out so i i think that's uh I, th- I think that's the biggest barrier for people is the maintenance right now because it's it's a very uh complex piece of engineering that um you know we've just uh, got down to such a cheap level but there's still a still a massive barrier of entry just specifically on uh, the maintenance part. But that's ba- that's basically the workflow. Find a design, put it into your slicing software, send it to the printer.
0: Yeah, that said, they 3D printers have come so far in really only a couple of years. And it's really, t- to me at least, as an outsider, and I'm sure you might have more comments on this or will correct me, but it really seems like the 3D or the, uh, the gun... 3D printing gun, uh, gun guys are, uh, are, are kind of leading the charge in a lot of ways at bringing, bringing this technology to really make a better use case for people to have it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Once, what do you think? Is that I'm trying to think of how I want to frame this? Um, how how far along or how far away are we from just you know, being able, like, like what Sappy said, like a microwave that you just kind of can buy it, buy a 3d printer off the shelf and, uh, plug it in and hit a few buttons and and you're cooking and that's it. Like you don't need any sort of that, like, uh, any sort of expertise or be like a hobbyist. It's just kind of plug and play and go that you're, uh, you know, they start having advertisements that, Hey, this makes mom's life so much easier yeah, plug he, it in and look he, now she's got, you know, cause that's kind of what it is. That's that's Slappy was joking about me having a microwave, but really the microwave was pretty disruptive technology for back in the day when they first came out, it, it freed up. It was a great piece of technology that, that freed up housewives and, and anyone else who was going to be in the kitchen. Uh, it simplified a lot of stuff and d-
2: yeah, no, you're hitting it right on the head because that's that's the whole point of what um, wh- why I'm building what I'm building, and I I thank I thank God with everybody you know contributing contributing to the space because sp- I I would say you're probably I'm going to be wrong here saying it's kind of like hyper-Bitcoinization. like when's that going to come? All right, right. Let's say all right. I give it sixty months. You know, I'll give it five years. All right, and and I know that that's probably wrong. Um, but but I hope for um kind of what i'm uh you know building and contributing to to the space and and what everybody else is in their own in their own way, I hope we can get to that point where completely remove the general maintenance um from the machine uh so the housewife can say, Oh, hey, honey, I got your gun printed for you, you know one fingerprint mm-hmm. right firing pin uh, you know all all that stuff hey right? you ready to go shoot yeah I mean that would be Again, I'm not advocating for any, you know, manufacturing of firearms here. I'm simply the guy to uh, 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 build a machine and to, to mix your uh, thoughts into things. Um, it all again, it goes down to intention of uh, what you actually create. But I would say we're we're um, we're a good ways away from um, having 10 million, 25 million 3D printers sold every single year as if it's an oven or a microwave or, um, you know, a regular flat screen TV or something like that. We're a long ways away from that in a, in a traditional sense, specifically exactly what I just alluded to. It's, it's the maintenance. You don't want to lay your bed. You don't want to clean out the nozzle all the time. You know, there is a, and I know you're an engineer, I, you know, with my welding background, it it definitely is more akin. You got to be mechanically inclined, not saying very heavy, mechanically inclined, right? You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or anything, but um, you should have a basic understanding of how um, kind of some motors work and um, why things move at a certain speed, um, and, and you just go down the list from from there. But uh, I, yeah, we're probably a good um, we're probably good five ten years away uh, before there's um, a printer in every home. And then now from there, then you go from uh, a printer in every room, right? No different than how you have a computer in every room. Pretty much now you got laptops, de- old desktops. You got how many, you know, phones or iPads or, you know, what have you. So yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're probably a little ways, <laughs> we're, we're a little ways away from that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that said, I, I don't think five years or 10 years even is really that far off. Cause you just look at five years in, in the past and it's, I mean that last five years went by in a flash. Yeah, really it feels like, did. Um, and and just looking at the techno technological advancement of uh, of the three D printers, what's what's already come. So it's uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if it's the momentum that we're on now,
1: <laughs> you remember when like flat screen TVs first came out, and they were like these giant boxes, and like two years later, everyone has one. It's not a big deal anymore. Yeah, um, it happens all the time. Well, I mean,
0: just I think it's similar to and this is why I'm so excited about 3D printing is that I liken it to Bitcoin a lot. And so then is that it's very disruptive technology uh, in the space. Bitcoin obviously is for money um, and 3D printers is for manufacturing. It, you know, cuts out so much of the time and resources that's needed to produce a lot of stuff. So what do you think like? What do you think? What kind of impact do you think that this is going to have on the world? Oh my God! Um, this is where we get to the fun stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you want to get really cosmic, this, oh yeah, this, yeah. This completely changes the entirety of the supply chain. One hundred and eighty percent, or or one hundred and eighty degrees, you know, you know, change a uh, you know a ten thousand x in productivity because now you can you can you can you can manufacture locally. I don't have to wait for, for something to get shipped from China. I could just build it right in my home. Now, again, at the moment, it's slower. It's a little more complicated. It's a little more basic. Okay. But you can do multi material prints. And really, what you end up getting is absolute pure customization out of this. You know, slappy, I can make your face into a coffee mug. You can't order that from China in, in three days. And if you, and I'm, I, I, you know, actually that's a lot. You probably could, but
0: it, no one would want to. though. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I don't know why it would. <laughs> hey, that's for Dude, the next
2: one, right? Yeah, we should. Yeah, exactly. That's what you need to do for the Liberty mugs.
0: Oh yeah. See? Ooh. And that, Buy yeah. Slappy's face on a mug.
2: Exactly. Now I got you. That'll, that'll
0: be that? one of the, uh, what are the little pots they used to have next to kids' beds? Before, oh, uh, that what you're when it, yeah, that that'll that'll be what you can use it for. You you stick it under your bed and and in lieu of an outhouse. Oh, there you go. That's what you use. <laughs>
2: hey, if we can sell them, let's do it. <laughs>
0: know, hey, I'll yeah. put my face on it too.
2: Yes, yeah, slap me around. I'll put yeah. We'll put your face on there. We'll, <laughs> we'll
0: sell Ten million of them a
2: year for you. But, <laughs> but, 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 but seriously, the 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 degree to which you could you could scale up your local, you know, manufacturing hub. I mean, imagine if you could be, I I mean, I'm kind of like this already on my um, kind of local block. Um, You know, I got, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, I'm looking at three printers right in front of me. And I, and I know I got several more out in the garage and in the basement and all that, Um, you know, so, so I could be the manufacturer for my block and, you know, I could have my neighbor come and say, Hey, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I had a, Uh, Something I had a I had had hinge break on my fridge and the parts out of stock because China won't ship it for some reason. Can 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 you come over and you know and and look at it? Yeah, not a problem. You look at it, you get an idea for a design, you kind of you you sketch it up and then you put it into a CAD program, you draw it out, you do a test print, and you walk over an hour later, sixty minutes later, and say, How does this look? Oh my gosh, that's that's identical to what I just had. Oh, fine, let me work on some, you know, fine tuning of, of this so it actually fits into the screw hole or it doesn't hit the door when it closes, what have you. And then, you know, maybe another half an hour later, add, you know, 60 minutes in your print time. You know, within two hours, I just fixed one of my neighbor's, you know, appliances with a 3D printer. I, I, I mean, you, you you, can't. And that's just one tiny, tiny example that I just made up. Um,
0: Yeah. For the cost of electricity and a couple bucks of filament.
2: Exactly. Yes. So all those gun designs down at, um, bear arms of Bitcoin. Again, shout out to Ragnar for, for putting that on. That was awesome. I know he had to move it from Portland, I believe, or wherever he was going to originally host it. And, uh, Austin just happened to be a, a city, um, that was willing and accepting. It was again, fantastic conference, but, I I I don't really know too much about Second Amendment, um, you know, in its entirety. Um, you know, I've, yeah, I've, I've shot a couple of guns. I got I got a couple of stuff, but nothing. You know, I'm not I'm not gun ho on that. No pun intended. Um, but that that part is only six dollars versus like a however much a regular gun frame costs. So that's in you know twenty hours of print time. So it you know that's. That's basically a dollar in electricity, and I know I'm over-exaggerating there. And I got $4 in filament. That's it. Done. And I built it right in front of me. I didn't have to wait for shipping time of overnight delivery from, you know, whatever, again, wherever you go and buy, you know, a gun frame at or something like that. So it's just so mind-blowing. And even if somebody chose to be dedicated I've seen warehouses and I'm not kidding guys. You, you know, you see greenhouses or hydroponic, you know, gardens that are, you know, like the size of a football field or something like that, just massive. I've seen warehouses where there's just thousands of 3D printers just lined up cranking out single hmm. products. And when one machine runs out of filament, there's an automatic remove the old spool and put on the new filament back into the machine and thus continue the process they never shut off so if you're dedicated and you're willing to do that you could be you know just just absolutely ginormous you know for personalized manufactured parts within your local geography and that's what's so absolutely disruptive to the supply chain
0: yeah and then you you add bitcoin to it especially with with the product, with the Eden that you have, and now I could be, you know, I'm working outside and something breaks on my tractor and I snap a few, uh, I'm saying this because we're kind of talking about this scenario a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I break something and I don't don't even, I don't even have to bring the part over to you. I can snap a few pictures of it and then send it over to you and there, it's, I don't know how, how uh, <laughs> the software exists yet, but it's within the realm of possibility that you can take a few pictures from a few different angles and software will be able to render a printable file. Oh, it's and very then, real. You can do Oh, that. it already is real? Yes. Um, it's funny oh, to say that. Um,
2: I, we do have a beta app, Eden 3D. Um, I've been working on it for a couple of years now. Um, it's a, a a mobile app to do exactly that. Um, and on the back end, uh, it uses um, our servers. I, would, I really hope to, again, put it on your own device so you don't have to rely on an outside server like ours. Um, but, again, exact, exactly what you just said. You take a few pictures, you send it over uh, to this um, uh, server, which um, runs a program. Um, it's called um, – or, or the method of the program is called Photogrammy. And again, I'm bad at pronouncing words and things, so I apologize. But it basically uh, combines many pictures together into one CAD file. And then from there, you have the CAD file. Now you just send that over to your slicing software of whatever your machine reads. And now you print it. So literally, you know, God forbid you, you broke a sprocket on your, you know, on your tractor. Is it? Oh. Hold on a second. Let's get let's get some pictures of this. Put it kind of put it back together where it was at. You get maybe twenty five pictures of it or so. Maybe even do a video. We we had issues with video actually, which is interesting because it's just several pictures into one second. But you would you just take several pictures. You send it over to, you know, through uh, Eden three D. A designer picks it up. You know, say yeah, I can whip this out in you know an hour or something like that. Great. 60 minutes later they send you back the CAD file like great here you go ready to print and from there you send it over to your printer cuz your your printer's connected right to your phone and it starts printing your broken piece and however long it takes the problem with 3D printing right now is it's slow so slow <laughs> it's i did while we were talking i just had a uh, another prototype product that we're working on uh, come out and it's, it's rubber. So it's, it's extremely flexible, but oh man, it takes, it takes forever. Um, so however big your part was, you know, on your tractor or, um, uh, how detailed it was, whatever quality, um, resolution that you wanted that at, it could take a couple hours or so, but you know, within a, within a couple hour span, you go from a broken part, taking pictures, designed, sent over to the printer, printed, and you could put it on, you know, Couple hours later, that's that's mind blowing, and and you can compensate that person for doing the work for you, if you so chose. You know, right. most people are going to give this stuff away. Ninety nine percent of all CAD files are free. It's it, it that's just what the internet has done. It's just democratized information, and that goes to designs. But again, if you want something specifically created, secondly on demand. And third, it takes a tremendous amount of time or skill or effort on that individual. You want to be compensated for it. So within a couple hours span, I mean, you got the part. You went from a broken piece to a, a printed, you know, finalized part. And it's just mind-blowing. It, it, it truly is mind-blowing. I, 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 I thank God every day, you know, that uh, uh, I, I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, it's, it, it is amazing. This place is just mind blowing, and where we get to is oh phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and it's it's paid for by Bitcoin over a mesh network, so it, yeah, you can't stop it. <laughs> you simply can't stop it. And it's funny, um, you know, a lot of people in the libertarian space they they're you know they're into agorism, which you know I think agorism is great, but when they talk about it, they're just kind of like, oh well, we can just kind of. I'll grow carrots and this guy will fix cars and, um, you know, we'll we'll build our own little economy here and everything's going to be great. It's like, no, you're probably going to all starve to death if you actually try to do that. Yeah. Um, But this actually puts tools in people's hands. Between Bitcoin and mesh networks and 3D printing, it actually does put tools in people's hands that lower the barriers of entry into, you know, heavy-duty manufacturing, things that could have never... You know, we just didn't have... We couldn't leverage the tools and the energy before in order to make a lot of this stuff. Now it's within a couple, like you said, it's within a couple hours of time and you could be well on your way to, to printing some part that would otherwise require, you know, all this engineering and tooling and, you know, shipping and processing and, and everything else. And not only is it quicker, but it's so much cheaper. Yeah. And so now you don't need all of those guys doing that stuff. And, and, you know, I don't think any, many libertarians are going to complain about, uh, you know, the Luddite fallacy, but the good thing there is that it frees those guys up to do other things. I mean, I'm well, because I can, because I can, you know, only spend two hours of downtime, not using my tractor. Um, uh, I could probably just do something else. It's not like I'm just going to sit there, be sitting there twiddling my thumbs. But it only takes two hours, and I'm back up and running. Uh, probably at a fraction of the cost, or or at least around the same amount of thing. I'm wealthier because of that. Very and much, so be- yes. Right, and because I'm I'm and we're all getting so much wealthier over this, then we're able to afford bigger and better things. And so that's maybe where the you know the more traditional manufacturing. Uh, can start playing a bigger role is that now people can start affording more of that stuff. So they just kind of change, change what they're doing. It's like any other sort of disruptive technology. You know, you look at Netflix uh, and Blockbuster and they changed the way that they delivered media to people. Blockbuster didn't adjust. They went out of business and they had to liquidate stuff. And someone who was a better steward or user of those resources became, you know, used, became wealthy with that. It's going to be the same thing with traditional manufacturing. If those manufacturers don't get with the times, don't make good speculations, they're going to have to liquidate. And someone who's better at doing that stuff, a better entrepreneur will come in and and use those resources better so that, you know, all of humanity is better off. So this is just like, it's, it's finally something where, you know all the, these ideas that oh I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of do this stuff myself. Um, you're doing it without, you know, economically destroying yourself. You're you know the only way this works is if people are bet. You don't have to convince them that oh you're you're doing this thing that's gonna like fight the state that's hurting you. You know, do they even you know care about the state? Um, is is one big question. So you have to like convince them to economically demote themselves because it might maybe in some weird twisted way harm the state in some weird kind of angle that you look at it while ignoring everything else. But man, with 3D printing and Bitcoin, you don't have to go through all that. You just say, hey, you just broke that thing. You can have a brand new part in uh, in two hours and for 25% of the cost you otherwise would instead of waiting. Uh, you know, Amazon shipping, two-day Amazon Amazon shipping is great but a uh, two hour <laughs> wait time or whatever it's going to be, whatever, the, you know, we keep saying two hours, but you know, whatever the fraction is, it's better. And then also you, you just, there's, there's so much, this, this ripples through the economy in so many ways. We could probably spend four hours talking about it, but if we're, if communities or individuals are printing their own stuff uh, that frees up a lot of the, you know, the shipping lanes and everything. And now, you know, you can even make an environmental argument on this is that there's less, less airplanes have to fly uh, with cargo or less ships have to, to move cargo around. There's less traffic on the roads, moving stuff. Uh, So it, it, it frees up all of those things to do, to do other bigger and better things, things that might have not been profitable to do before. Now, now, because there's less traffic that now they can do those other things, or there's just simply less of it. We don't need it as much anymore. And that's fine. The market finds a way.
2: I, I find uh, th- this is one of the components, there's several others, but this is one of the leading components of the fourth industrial revolution, you know, j- just pure local manufacturing. Just wait until these printers get smart, okay? Wait, wait until these printers 100X their speed. You can cut that, tw- that two-hour part-time down to 15 minutes because everything's done locally on your phone. Or on your AR glasses, or something like that, automatically scans and you just say, "Hey Siri, 3D print me, um, you know, this broken, you know, piece on my tractor." Boom, done. It already does all that back work, you know, for you. Um, I, I find it amazing of how we got here. Not so much on 3D printing, but on the um, the global um, movement of trade. And it all came down to the standard. Well, first of all, the design, and then thus the standardization of the shipping cargo containers. You know where they hold, God knows how, two thousand, you know, you know uh, shipping crates or five thousand, whatever this ridiculous number, um, on there. Um, that, I think that was kind of developed in the late fifties, if I'm not mistaken, and that's really what dropped the cost down. For um, getting your Chinese goods shipped to you in two days, uh, because it costs, you know, literally it costs, you know, four or five dollars to ship one million coffee mugs on the shipping container, you know that's, you know that's sent over um, in however long it takes, two days or something like that, three days from, uh, you know, port to port. I think they come in it uh, in San Francisco or Los Angeles, wherever it's at. So, just to be able to disrupt that past disruptor is is just mind blowing. You know, now you're shipping, um, you know, the actual raw materials and components. You know, you're shipping in, you know, however many millions of tons worth of filament or, you know, resin or, um, and again, there's so many different manufacturing processes, but 3D printing itself, it's all basically the same. You can 3D print concrete, metal, um, organs, hearts, um, livers, um, obviously plastic trinkets and stuff like that. Um, but it's all basically the same same steps and the same uh, geometric um, patterns um, that, that it makes. Uh, you just pick whatever medium uh, in between and um, go from there. So you could be 3D printing. I mean, there are already 3D printing houses within a day. You know a, a you know a 900 square foot house in Haiti, and um, you know the hurricane maybe took everything down, and then you know next day you got uh, 12 houses built uh, from one 3D printer. Um, you know, so just imagine you know the scale of of that as we continue go to go down. It it's it, it truly is it truly is mind blowing. I'm I'm just waiting for Slappy
0: to actually get a printer and, and start sending. <laughs>
1: Well, so, um, yeah, no, I'm thinking that might be my next, uh, my next purchase actually.
0: Well, I mean, it would be great for, I mean. It would be great. Having your, for your kid, like just having your kids learn. That's what I mean. Like it's, me it's to learn future. it from my
1: kids and be on, let's get ahead of this.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that just, Max, you just, you just made something else pop up in my head that I never really thought about before, but with all these different media that you would be 3d printing with, if if people are individually and or locally 3D printing stuff and um, using less of the traditional manufacturing and therefore less of the shipping stuff, you're, you're dropping the number of or the varieties of things that are being shipped and kind of standardizing it. It's like, well, there's, you know, I, I don't know how they package it. You know, obviously the rolls of, of plastic uh, uh, filament, is one, but I'm sure it's it's kind of all just rolls of filament. The concrete might be a little bit different, but now instead of being like, all right, well, we gotta we gotta ship these, uh, you know, these these ten mugs, these fifteen phones, hundred computers, uh, three cars, um, and two, you know, uh, uh, housing p- things for housing construction, and they're all different varieties of each one. Now it's just like, oh, we're shipping these three types of filament and these colors. It, it, it just would make all of those logistics so much more efficient because you're 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 cutting out all of those steps in between that make all these different things. It's it's all that variety happens on the on the end user.
2: Yeah, you so, <laughs> raw materials and thus you're you're creating um that design locally, right? You know, so I know you said you you could have a problem shipping the concrete. You don't need to ship the concrete. You just need to source it locally from where you're at. And yeah. if you can't, then you just you know you know now you bring it in from from wherever it's at. Now you bring in the stone and the lime and all that stuff. Um, but but yeah, that yeah that's exactly right. We don't need to worry about shipping that end product to a user. You just need to get the raw input materials to the localized source for that end user to now go and produce that product. And yes, that's, that's massive.
0: Yeah. It's just, as you keep like going down these, pulling these threads on different things, you just start seeing all these massive improvements that can be, that can be had. And it's not just that we're making like, and I'm going to, I'm going to harp on it again because I think it's so important. And it's a point that I really hope that people understand is that all of this stuff makes you wealthier. So not only is it just making normal processes and and normal things that we do in our day-to-day lives more efficient, um, but it's, well, because of that, it's making us way more wealthier. So we can afford so much more stuff. And then you couple that with, uh, you know, hyper-Bitcoinization and going on a Bitcoin standard, and now all of a sudden – not only are you becoming wealthier in, you know, dollars, it's you're becoming wealthier in terms of Bitcoin. And so when you have a hard money system like that, and you can actually, prices work the way they should, people uh, have the proper incentives to save and and consume. I mean, this, this, to that, this development of 3D printing and this technological advancement is happening before there's a hard money. We're having just like, uh, you know, th- no one listening to this show has to have it explained to them how horrific the U S dollar is. Not many libertarians out there, you know, don't <laughs> understand that, but this technology is still being developed despite that. That's, that's how powerful market forces are. So just imagine what market forces start doing when there's a hard money.
2: Oh my God. It, it's turning behind a it. concept about, uh, whoever started this, um, but I know we hear it everywhere in the Austrian libertarian group, you know, imagine how far civilization would, would be in advanced technological stances if we would have just stayed on a gold standard. Right. Just, just go, just play that in your mind for basically storing human time into a sound money and thus allowing your own, working capital to work for you and thus let that compound onto itself. We would probably already be on Mars and stuff like that. I know Elon, you know, really complains and and it is amazing. Specifically looking at Elon, he is, he is literally a one. And and again, just, just as I do, I have several people helping me on, on, on my project and, and company on so many different aspects. Thank you to everybody that, that is, you know, help contributing and stuff like that. So same thing for, for him. He's not a one-man band, but he's a one-vision guy that said, we need to get people off this planet and start populating throughout space. And nobody nobody was even – like, you look back at, like, 2000, 2002 and all that stuff when he started SpaceX, you know, it's nobody was even remotely close to doing that. There were there was still – you know, doing theoretical experiments inside NASA, you know, closed chambers, you know, where where you guys, you guys, we got to fix the first problem. We need reusable rockets. You know, imagine if you had a plane. I love that. I love that example. Imagine if you had a plane and you're flying down to Texas, OK, and they blew up the plane after you landed. Hmm. You know, that's a ridiculous price cost for that ticket, but now reuse it two, five, a hundred, a 1, thousand times. Now you save all that capital because of human advancement into that specific product. Now you can go and have more free time. So you don't have to go build a second rocket for a second trip. And thus it just compounds from there. So the, 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 the space that you can grow in between Bitcoin, localized manufacturing, um, you get your smart assistants. I know we've kind of already had that for about ten years or so, and, and we've already had AI. People don't think AI is here yet. You, you, you guys don't realize it. AI, you, you are living amongst artificial intelligence as we speak, and it's been like that for at minimum the past five years. Mm-hmm. Um, the the advancement of of being on a sound money whenever we do reach that stance um, is just going to be literally light years. Ahead of what we would what we would have ever ever dreamt of, because you now can you can now save that human capital, you can save that time and do a and do a sound asset.
0: Yeah, even even John Menier Keynes didn't understand uh, the albatross that he was creating for <laughs> the market because at some point uh, he predicted that oh yeah with you know technology advancing and the and you know the money system we have I mean it's going to be you know it's a forty hour work week now it's going to be like a eight-hour work week (laughs) yeah uh yeah and like you said if we had the gold standard you know who knows how how many hours we'd actually have to put in to sustain that current standard of living we always want more so we'll you know maybe we're working it depends maybe maybe some people want to continue working 40 hours 60 hours 80 hours whatever they want and they'll reap those benefits but for someone who's just like you know what i just kind of want to live a a comfortable life and they're they're happy working eight hours a week and that's enough to sustain them and allows them, you know, all that free time to to, to pursue all these other things. And that's where you develop, you know, new technologies because people are just tinkering. I mean, that's what, that's what 3D printing started from, right? Just guys kind of tinkering around.
2: Yeah. It, it's actually not a old uh, technology. It's pretty new. It was invented by, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he uh, started 3D Systems um, in 1984, 1986, I think it was 1986. And it was very similar to your classical 3d printer, but it was a resin, um, uh, style where it basically laid down a liquid, um, um, not liquid, but a little more, uh, higher viscosity material and thus a laser, um, solidified that. And the first thing that he printed was a contact case for his contacts, um, yeah that specific technology was open-sourced not open-sourced but the patent was lifted um i think in 2013 or so because form labs was fighting um 3d systems because they were using something similar so again you know 8486 was you know about 35 40 ish years ago you know that's not that that's not that long and the the machine that you basically see now pretty much across the board uh, from a cheap ender to a, you know, a nice Prusa and and Eden and all that stuff. um, We really only got that rep wrap style of printer and a rep wrap is a 3d printer that can 3d print parts for itself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to talk about getting meta, Um, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. When something breaks, you go, ah, not a big deal. I'll just print a, print a new part. Um, Hopefully, it's something that you uh, you, you can uh, print on your broken machine, so you, you don't have to have a second one. But
0: or you just, you just do good uh, good maintenance planning and, and have some uh, have a little bit of stock parts.
2: Exactly, <laughs> you actually have an inventory. Uh,
0: yeah, got, lower that time preference.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. But that design has only been out since about two thousand and six. Okay, two thousand four, two thousand six. So we've been on pretty much a, and Perusa, Joseph Perusa started, he's 32, I believe, 30, 32, 30. I think he's 30, actually, a couple years, a couple years older than me. Um, But he started selling his uh, machines as kits in like 2011, 2012, or something like that, when he was still in college. Um, So again, this stuff has only been around for about In the open source community for about 10 maybe 15 years tops and i find that those are kind of the moments where it, it takes about 10 15 years for new new technology to be built upon old and thus compounded from that so you got the laptop you know from your desktop computers now they've had laptops for decades right but nowhere near to the size and scale, you know, small and tightly packed um, for what you see today. But they've had those since, you know, the mid '60s. Okay, um, but you were still, you know, the computer was very slow. Okay, it was very small. There, there, if there was a screen, it was, you know, no bigger than, you know, maybe a two a two by two inch, you know, kind of screen if you're lucky. And the machine was fifteen twenty thousand dollars. Okay, um, you know, look at again, just look at the computer between like an IBM in 1960 um, to a Apple II, you know, by 1978, okay? That 18-year span, you went from, you know, a machine the size of a room, okay, that only computed, you know, uh, whatever your calculator could do today. You know, maybe, maybe it stored 200 megabytes, 500 megabytes or something like that on, you know, a, a, kiss, or not a cassette tape, but the traditional film, you know, rolls. Um, down to now an Apple II that is an all-in-one device with a screen, a keyboard. There was no mouse at that time yet, but you know, uh, in a whole all-in-one interactive unit that you could type on and thus create on. And then now in seventy-nine or eighty, um, you know, they, they uh, uh, got got the cost down of the mouse. Um, to where now you can download a program called Adobe, which was running something something very similar to Photoshop, and you have Andy Warhol drawing a circle on an Apple II within a 20-year span. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. So just imagine in that exact scenario, but with 3D printing. You know, in 2006, you're, you know, you got the hobbyists, the guys in the You know, the Star Wars or, you know, Star Trek guys in their, uh, you know, garage just kind of tinkering with stuff. And you're making one single color plastic pieces. okay, PLA or ABS or whatever you're printing. Add 20 years to that. Imagine what we're going to have in the next five to six years. You're going to have a machine like mine, you know, that you're going to sit down as a desktop computer. You're going to draw something up and you're just going to click print. And maybe an hour later, you're going to walk by and it's going to be a thermos because you're getting ready to go to work. And it's <laughs> both metal and plastic in one single print in less than 60 minutes. And it's exactly going back to Slappy's analogy. It's exactly like a microwave. You put something in the microwave, you put that thought and you reach into the machine and you pull out that thing. It's that. It's just mind blowing. It, it's, it's absolutely mind blowing of the growth that these fourth industrial revolutionary products and services that, that we have for um, uh, over the past 20 or 30 years, now you're in a culmination of, of kind of, you know, that, that epicenter where it's just a, a supernova of explosion and creativity. And, you know, the new tech that comes out of that and the specialization on, on that end, you know, scanning designs while you're walking down the street. Again, going back to, like, I, I just keep envisioning you know, when I close my eyes, like a kid, you know, he's wearing AR glasses or something like that, going his way to school and he's just scanning crap all the way through school and he gets back and he's, you know, he has a catalog of like 40 things that he scanned, you know, and he doesn't know which one to print yet, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's going to get, it's going to get very wild, very quickly. Um, uh, it, 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 tr- truly speechless, really.
0: Well, and the crazy thing too is that we're thinking about it in terms of what already exists right now. We have no idea what this 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 new next industrial revolution is going to bring. That's going to revolutionize things. Because how how do we? There's no way of knowing it. In the
1: iPhone in uh, you know 2002,
0: right? So we're ex- we're as excited as we are just in the frame of what is already the existing technology all the improvements that can be made there like this this is, is not even assuming that we're going to have some advancement that we can't even predict um just kind of blowing all that stuff out of the water too
2: oh absolutely yeah you 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 can't you can't know the unknowns that you can't foresee you know so um when those moments and, and i think those moments come exactly what, what, what you just said, Slappy, was the iPhone moment. I, I remember looking around. I'm sure you guys do, too. Everything was there. It's already built and out in the open, but nobody's doing it right. You know, you had your, you had your flip phone, okay? You had your desktop computer at home. You had your, your old CD player, right? You know, so that's a third device. Or maybe even had an MP3 player, right? So that's a third or fourth device. Now a fifth device, fourth or fifth device. Now you have a digital camera, right? How convoluted is that? That's ridiculous. And and I I, I literally bought the iPhone the day it came out because um, I knew it was going to change the world. I've always been Apple um, stuff, but uh, my mother owns a marketing company with people all over the world working. Um, so we we we've always used Apple stuff. Um, uh, we also own an uh, auto body shop. Uh, so that's kind of where I get more mechanically inclined um, stuff from. But uh, you could see how convoluted that space was between 1999 and 2006. You know, it's kind of seven year window where things were getting better and better and better and better. But they were all individually getting better. It took, again, that kind of supernova moment to say, the hell are we doing with all this stuff i don't want to carry around my cell phone my cd player my mp3 player because i can't put my you know cd songs on my mp3 player i got my digital camera um and um well yeah and maybe even more cds you know for files um, (laughs) that are too big for my you know to send over the internet or something like that you still had okay again going back to your netflix analogy. Right, they started shipping DVDs. Right, there was no streaming. Right, in two thousand and six mm-hmm. started, or you know, even even before. Yeah, that. I used to do that. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. So now you get that moment where somebody looks around and says, "This is stupid. Let's just let's just put it all into one," knowing full well that the camera was not as good on the iPhone as a digital camera. The cell service sucked. Okay, we're. I, I'm tell we were still on Edge, okay? It had a 2 megapixel camera, no app store, no front-facing camera. Internet was super slow cuz it was loading a full desktop website, you know, page, okay? Again, I will reiterate, there was no app store. I know. I had to load games in my in my uh um I think I loaded games on the school bus in the web browser so in class when I know I didn't have cell service I could still constantly refresh that page or keep it active if you will just to play games so right. <laughs> you know it's just like how stupid is that in hindsight but it's okay to be very basic and you know raw in its functionality but what you did was remove all of that clutter no no need for a second digital camera no need for a, you know a second device you had your iPad iP- ipod in the device full desktop computer you got a camera on there again it was a crappy camera but you still had a camera and it ultimately it was a computer in your pocket and that's exactly what he wanted don't and and just from there now you let that new specialized technology compound out 10 years as it's done and and look at what it's did now i can kind of see we're getting into the back backstage where it seems it's kind of fitting where with these folding smartphones, you can kind of see it's a closing of the chapter, if you will. It's a closing of the book, right? Cause now the phone, now the screen can fold. You never would have thought that.
0: No, you know, I still can't believe it. I saw a commercial for them. One of them recently. And I'm like, there's just how there's no way, but it's there. <laughs>
2: exactly it's there so what so what's next and that's why i keep bringing up augmented reality glasses i don't want i still don't have a vr headset i really want one but i don't want my eyes to be closed i want to see through it i want i want it i want the hologram to appear in front of me you know i, I want to print preview mode What? what what i have on my machine i want to be able to see the design before i actually print it in full 3d volumetric size and shape like i'm sitting around here literally the past five freaking years. And I'm like, when is somebody going to build this? And I guess I just looked in the mirror and I go, Oh, I, I guess it's me. Cause I'm the only one that wants this. <laughs> so you kind of look around and you go, wow, you see all these convoluted parts. You know, the, 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 phones are getting better. The laptops are getting better or the machines are getting better in their own specific way. But nobody's, nobody's kind of pushing all that to the side, say, no, let's, let's put this into a nice tight box. And see what grows from there. I I mean, I I mean, my end goal is to have a 3D printer on your wrist that manifests a hologram into a solid object. So you know, all three of us could be throwing around a baseball that I just threw up in my hand. Okay, on you know, from from a wristband, projected a hologram, solidified it. A baseball dropped in my hand. We just started playing catch or something. Slappy goes ah. Guys, I'm, I'm getting tired. I think we're done here. All right, throw the ball back. You throw the ball back to me, and it, a hologram catches that, and then it thus vaporizes the material back into the universe or the, the, the ether or whatever you want to call it. I mean, we are so far away from that. But to me, that's, that's, that's a sneak preview of, like, what my end goal is. You know, if, if somebody else had a computer in their pocket you know for their end goal mine is to have a 3d printer on your on your wrist that you know manifests holograms and thus you know you can you know so, you know solidify that digital information at will right um you know so so just just play through that scenario you know it's it just, just absolutely wild just just absolutely wild of um how technology compounds um, onto itself. And it doesn't happen automatically. You know, people have to be driving this thing. This is, this is human driven. I I don't know if Elon says it or whoever else, but you know, this stuff doesn't automatically get better every single year. You can kind of see that in the phones today. They're only getting slightly better, maybe a better camera, maybe a better resolution in your screen, or, you know, maybe a little cooler app because it pull some new type of algorithm and, you know, slight tweaks. Nobody's really pushing the bounds. So the foldable phone, that's cool. You're pushing the bounds, but it's not there yet. I want to touch a hologram. I want to feel, I want to feel light. And if I want, I want to manifest that into my, into my hand. And, and, and that again, it's not going to happen automatically. (laughs) I I need help guys. I need help. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so um, why don't you tell people where how they can help you?
2: Yeah, go to uh, eden3dprinter.com and kind of check out um, uh, what uh, we're working on. Um, uh, You can go to our GitHub page. It's really weak at the moment, but um, follow us on Twitter as well, eden3dprinter at um, uh, Twitter. Um, I will be uh, shipping um, uh, the final uh, prototype here uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Or so. We'll also be at a bit um, Bitcoin uh, 2021 in LA, uh, which is the Bitcoin Magazine conference. So we'll, we, I think that's in end of April. Um, so we will have uh, printers available uh, for people to walk home with um, that day if they so choose. Uh, but yeah, feel free to reach out to me either on Twitter or reach out on um, uh, Eden's uh, Twitter page or uh, website. Um, if you're, uh, looking, uh, for any work within the Bitcoin space, 3d printing space, um, we are definitely hiring. Um, I just brought on uh, a couple software, um, engineers, a couple or, uh, two designers actually, um, that just kind of work out, um, uh, some designs for, for people mainly on the back Um, when, when, um, uh, we do release our beta app. Um, but yeah, we are uh, slowly, but surely growing and, um, I can, I can tell you guys this, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be in this thing for decades. So check, yeah, check us out and, um, uh, go from there. Just, just keep a, keep your eye and ear on us.
0: Absolutely. That'll, uh, I'll put that all on the show notes page for the listeners, mcflugel.com slash uh, two nineteen. was there anything else we didn't cover that you want to want to talk about? Um, or send us off with
2: what, what what's your engineering background? What's your background? <laughs> I, I know I know you're an engineer, Riles. So what, what, what? Yeah, where are you at?
0: I am a mechanical engineer. Uh, I do maintenance and reliability in in the petrochemical industry. Oh,
2: wonderful! I failed. I I, I quit. Um, I'm, I'm a college dropout, specifically in mechanical engineering. So
0: ah, uh, really? How well, it you? sounds like. Uh, it sounds like a successful failure. Yeah, I would. I would, I, would, <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that you. Uh, really appreciate that you decided to change. Uh, change it up. It's a lot cheaper to drop out sometimes too.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I don't know. I just I'm just not a. Uh, I'm just not a. Um, uh, how do you put it? I don't like following direction. Let's put it that way. I I didn't show up to class. You know, somebody tells me to read this, I'll go read something else. You know, you just kind of follow follow where your nose leads you. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome that um, uh, you got your mechanical engineering background. So you definitely you definitely fit right into the um, you know additive and subtractive manufacturing space for sure. You you definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, you it. yeah
0: it's all about all about optimizing and and you know making sure stuff doesn't break and if it does figure out why and optimize make it more efficient and just squeeze out you, you with the given the energy and the input you have squeeze out as as much output as you have as you can muster so it's uh yeah it's it's uh it's this is right in my wheelhouse in terms of you know libertarian stuff but also just in the general makeup of my uh, my engineering brain. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Guess when Slappy gets his 3D printer, you're gonna have to help him set it up. Oh so no!
1: I'll, I'll be showing him in no time.
2: I was gonna say, yeah, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be 3D printing circles around him. That's right. <laughs> unfully intended. <laughs>
1: you'll, <laughs> you'll you'll be hiring me for uh, for your design team.
2: At, absolutely. And also, before we go to shout out to uh, Rick and uh, Lami over at uh, Crypto Cloaks, they do some really um, awesome three D printing uh, Bitcoin design stuff as well. De- definitely go check out uh, CryptoCloaks.com. Um, I-, I always got to do shout out to those guys because um, I I find it I find it so much more fascinating to uh, be designing the actual machine and thus improving on that product than designing the individual prints um because that's infinite um you know mm-hmm. again, um so it, it's so cool for what um uh, for, for what rick is rick is doing and for what he he's helped me with and vice versa um so that's and again there, there's so many more people out you know there as well that you know design and print stuff for for other people too so yeah whenever you're, whenever you're ready slappy let's go
1: all right give me give me like six months i'll be there
2: I need it done in three. All right. We'll that's give it, it a shot. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys very much for having Thank on. you. This was
0: great. Yeah, yeah Max, uh, op- open invitation anytime you want to come on, any th- any sort of, you know, stuff that you guys are working on want to talk about. Um, this was great. I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah, man. I had a blast. And for any of the listeners out there, if you know anyone, especially, you know, maybe a libertarian that's getting kind of a little bit too caught up in the politics and current events, maybe feeling a little bit down. Why don't you send them this episode and get them a little bit excited about the future? We don't have to worry about all the stuff going on in Washington DC or or your your even your local governments because uh, the technology is uh, coming gonna come in like a tidal wave probably sooner than you realize. And when that comes it's gonna it's gonna disrupt all this this stuff that we're working through right now or, or working through right now and make life a lot better. So uh, chin up. To all all the listeners out there, uh, things, things are going to get good.
1: Yeah. And before anyone mentions the free market success story, we didn't forget this episode is that free market success story.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's a perfect, that's a perfect, uh, uh, cherry on top right there, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this is the stuff that makes me getting excited. So, uh, all right. Once again, Max, thanks for thanks for coming on, and uh, to all the listeners, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Peace. Bye.